This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What do we think? Are we good here? Should we do this? You kids ready? Oh, yeah. Sweet. All right. Okay. Hi. Okay, are we, are we recording over here? Sorry. Here's to this. What's up, everybody? Everybody, Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. With me this week is Greg Miller. Ass to ass! Anthony Gallegos is here. Hello. Very special guest, Levi Buchanan is here. Hey now. Retrocity! And we are joined by a live audience here at PAX. 2011. Thank you very much for joining us here today. I want to hear. I want to hear you say it. Say it after me. School. School. Oh, it's beautiful. I am so wet right now. Uh, thank you for joining us again today. How are, how are you doing, Greg? I haven't seen you in so long. I know. We ate sushi a little while ago. We did. It was really good. Oh my God. There's sushi place just like Japan. They got the little plates that go around. You, you eat it. The and then they count the plates. So easy. We need this in more cities. What was that? It was called like Blue Sea Sushi? Is that what that's right, yeah. And but it's right they, across spe- they spell C with a, the letter C. Yeah, that's Clever! Right. It's right across the street, around the corner from Cheesecake Factory. If you want to get a great lunch here at PAX. Anthony and I were in Germany uh, just last week. Actually, I, ju- I just... Levi and I were in Amsterdam even more recently than that, actually. We flew back on Tuesday. And that is all that will be said about Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> that was Amsterdam. Uh... 
before we get into anything, are there any uh, super fans we need to recognize in the audience? Uh, there's a million. We we did it before, right? Where we're like, oh yeah, you know, we got to make sure we recognize some of the super fans, and I forgot how many of them there are. So like when I was like, I think out. Brittany's coming, and but I forgot about <laughs> Vince, Serge, Devin, Lisa, Mentalk One. He's the man who films everything, and then I steal it and put it on YouTube. Uh, one of the biggest GameScoop fans that I've ever met in my life, Craig Harris. Oh, yeah. Craig Harris. Craig Craig's Harris is here, too. Craig away! Let's stand up here. Look at this guy. Hi. <laughs> Craig, what have you been up to since the 15-year tailspin? Well, ended? after you... <laughs> After your mother delivered some donuts, yes, yes. I had about you know six months of you know thinking about my next job. Eventually, I found my place, and it's downstairs right now. You need to go down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here showing off Aliens: Colonial Marines. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, Gearbox's game coming out next year. Uh, so come on down, and see it. I'll give you a T-shirt. Oh, there you go. Hey, speaking of T-shirts, Greg's wearing a really cool T-shirt today. Any any of you want this T-shirt? You have to come to our party tonight. <laughs> I thought you meant you were going to give this one away. I was like, damn, all right. You can give that one away. No, I'm not going to. I didn't bring it back up. Yes, come to the party. Game come works to party. tonight. 6 o'clock till 10 o'clock. Some free drinks, some free food. Yeah. It's Lots true. of panda to be had. Uh, another IGNer that's here with us today is Jim Riley. Woo, Jim Riley. Info boy. Jim Riley. Right here in the front row. Uh, Anthony, when we were in Germany, Anthony fell in love. With uh, the cocktail waitress at our bar, at our hotel bar. I don't. I don't feel like it's fair to say I fell in love. I think we all fell in love. A little bit, over yeah. The, but you were you were the one. She. I mean, I wasn't gonna make a move. She was yours. Yeah. Well, we established between that early you and, on. You and Bobby, but Bobby's yeah. married, so. Um. Her name was Laura. Laura. Laura, not Laura. Yeah. Laura, and she was this beautiful German girl who made German actually sound pretty instead of like really like harsh. Scary. That's true. And. Uh, and I ended up asking her out because Damon told me I had to. He like pep talked me and everything. Well, don't clap. She said she declined. No, but he was still he was still a champ for asking her out. And she told him that he was her favorite. Yeah. But I feel like that's like that's like when a when a stripper's like you You're guys, my favorite. The only people in here that are cool are you guys. And you're like <laughs> You know, she kinda had to. Yeah, that's so. true. But yeah, I, I I still miss her. Um <laughs> Damon was like, we should get a picture with her, but I was like, no, because before I know it, I'd like drop everything and move there. Exactly. <laughs> like, I, gotta, I gotta be with this waitress. Yes. So. Uh, sensitive guy, Anthony Gallegos. But we we drowned our sorrows at a at a German club, dancing to the wee hours. Yeah, where they're playing hot tracks like uh, DMX's Up in Here. Well, that is that is a hot track. They're also playing Black and White by Michael Jackson. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. weird. Mixed in with like current top forty stuff. Anyway. Uh, let's get to the uh, topics at hand today. Greg, what's the title of our talk today? It, uh, it's a first. We've done a few of these panels here and there, and we've never had a yeah, topic. Old. Today we chose IGN, Don't Hate Us Because We're Beautiful. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's the thrust here. That's what we're doing. We're joined by Tina Sanchez. Hey, one up, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have a mic if you're listening at home. Great radio. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so we're talking about the fact that we are IGN and we are the uh, biggest and we think best uh, video game website out there, and a whole bunch of people hate us. A lot of people don't like us and you know. talk a lot of shit about it. <laughs> so that's the panel. Thanks for coming. Uh, I think of it as the Kim Kardashian effect. You know, she's uh, one of the 
most uh, popular people in the world. She's also oh, a vapid yeah. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Don't compare us to her. Yeah, so maybe that's not the best comparison. Yeah. Then. I, I like that before Kim Kardashian, scientists didn't know what to call this phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like they're they're really popular when and people something. don't like that. Yeah. Weird. We need somebody to reference that to. Uh IGN is what thirteen years old now? Like, uh, started in officially sort of started in ninety eight. Says Craig Harris from Sega. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we own we have we hold the Guinness world record for being the world's largest video game site. Uh yeah, so what's some of the uh, perceptions about the IGN out there? I mean, that's what we're talking about today. I mean, so, so I think I have a unique perspective. That's why I, want, I was happy to have Anthony, both Anthony and Levi here on the panel today, because they have unique perspectives. Greg and I are lifelong IGN fans, diehard IGN fans. First job in the industry was that. First job, we've only, I've been here five years, Greg's been here four and, and, four and a half change, years. And uh, we've only worked at IGN, we've only loved IGN. But Anthony worked at 1UP first. Yeah, yeah before, and, and, and you know before we bought them, worked with a lot of yeah, like and, the cattle they are, Tina. And I worked with a lot of print people, and, and we always looked over at IGN, and it was partially like jealousy, right? Because we were like, why the fuck does everyone like them so much? <laughs> no, we did, we didn't, we really didn't understand, and it was really easy for us at the time, in a mixture of like jealousy and all kinds of other things, to look at them and be like, man, they fucking suck. All the like, the guys are nice. The guys are nice, but the website is trash. Like, we were just like, we, we hate, we, like, we wouldn't say we hate you, them. You thought we were nice? No, yeah, I, a lot of people thought IGN people were, like, nice when they'd meet them and stuff. I think that that's universal. Like, you can talk to people from GameSpot, everybody, they always say IGN people. No way. <laughs> the thing you don't know about the games industry is that, you know, how, like, you, you go to these things, like, or you go to these panels, and usually for a lot, or not panels, but parties and whatever, and for a lot of times, you know, you're the representative for your site, and lots of times, everyone there is so, like, shy and reserved that they don't talk to each other. It took right, a long so time for me to start reaching It is very easy for clicks to develop and for you to be like, those guys must be, uh, I don't know, they seem like they're just big old party jerks or something like that. But, you know, like you guys, like I think IGN always got associated with being the kind of uh, crazy guys that were getting panda. And well, that's, that's, that's absolutely that's thanks, true. That's thanks to us. Right, and I think that was intimidating because I feel like we were much more nerdier. There is, but, but, uh, but regardless, like the reason I think we were like, we don't understand why IGN's like, like biggest. We have like a copy editor. We're putting up all these stories. We felt really great. But then when I came to IGN and like, through GameSpy, and I realized was like, there's a balance that has to be struck when you're working online. Like everyone we worked with was thinking print, and print is one thing, but when you're working online, there has to be a balance between like making the best copy you can and also being timely. And we sucked at being timely. And IGN like is like the most aggressively timely site I've ever seen, and that's awesome. Like they're also, and also the first thing I noticed when I worked there was like, man, why does the IGN get all these exclusives? Like, is it just because of the biggest site? Sure, that's part of it, no doubt about it. You know, but but it's also because like IGN people are like hyper aggressive about like working their ass off about getting those exclusives, networking, making those connections, and you kind of and I, I think we all just realized working with them slowly over time that it was like okay, not only are these people like not jerks, they're all way passionate. They're not just there for about the clicks. They're like there because they're writing about what they love about, and you know it's it's just like completely changed my perception once I was like in, on the inside. And so now I, I like it. Yeah, I mean, there's always this perception that we just play games for a living, and I think we'd all agree that we really enjoy our jobs, and our jobs are awesome. But we bust our asses to yes. make sure that we stay number one. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you for appreciating hard work. <laughs> Fuck it. Put up a new babeology. Right, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, IGN isn't just big because they're like, you know, how can we churn out? Like, like they do, you know, obviously we care about, like, traffic and stuff like that, right? But... It's also because like they're constantly adapting their content to what the audience wants, and they're experimenting. And so like you can even look at that over the years. Like uh, we 
you know, IGN's been smart about transitioning to video and starting to push out the personalities of its editors more. Because I think, like, when I was at 1UP and stuff, I had no idea who you guys were or anything like that, right? Outside of, like, maybe podcasts, which, you know, compared to the size of IGN, is a, is a much smaller audience, you know? Mm-hmm. But the, outside of that, like, we, we had, like, no idea who these people were. Never knew what you looked like, yeah. what pictures. That's all being, like, that's, way expanded now. That's one of the biggest changes, I think, since I came on board, right? Is, like, what I used to, I mean, from being on the outside, when I'd apply at IGN and I'd apply at 1UP and I'd apply at GameSpot or whatever, the, the other sites were nice enough to give me a rejection. And then, like, 1UP on the community forum, you know, Matt Le- Leone would give me advice and talk to me about what I needed to work on and stuff like that. And IGN was just a black hole of where my email went and disappeared and we didn't have editor sites up. And the blogs sucked. The blogs were terrible. You know what I mean? Like, nobody used them, so you didn't know these people's personalities. And now, since we're there, you know, like, I mean, jump back. I mean, this is, you know, your fifth year, my four and a half year. I remember my first year here, people came back from PAX who just went up not to cover it, just to go be part of it. And they came back like, oh, man. I had to turn my badge around and people off. Oh, they saw the IGN thing. Like, there was this whole belief that, and I think for a lot of gamers, right, that IGN was this corporation or it was just this machine pumping out things. And so that the fact that we would have a PAX panel like four and a half years ago seemed crazy. You wouldn't see yeah. that kind of thing. So this is awesome. Thanks for coming yeah, to this. Th- no, yeah. And it, I mean, it's, it's, it's something we fight with every day as far as trying to change that perception that we're not a bunch of robots. Yeah, I we're feel not like Hold we on, have sorry. more personality and bigger personalities than any other site out there. I mean, I don't know of anyone else that does Dinosaur Week. For better or worse. For better or worse. And I think that that's a testament to how IGN's changed, right? Like, I would say four years ago that never would have happened. Totally. Yeah, never like, would have happened. Like, IGN was about, like, let's go to the show. Let's cover every game. Even if we've covered it 28 yeah, times. Yeah, that's, that's also a different philosophy we've had. We used to go to E3 and cover every game. Barbie yeah, No matter what. Like, even Barbie's Dating Mystery 12, which was actually pretty good, by the way. But better than 11. <laughs> Levi, uh, yes. stop being so quiet. What's your interesting perspective? Levi's perspective is that he's a former IGN yeah, employee. Left. Levi was at IGN for how many years? A uh, little over eight years. And before that, you were at Nintendo Power? Yeah, so I started, my first job out of college was at Nintendo Power as a writer. And then I stayed in the industry, um, whether it was for freelancing or I worked at GameFan for a little while before that went, uh, before that went under. And so I had a long time appreciation of, of IGN. It was actually you know, one of those goals. You know, I I started you know when reading IGN back before it was IGN and when it was uh, Saturn World, and then it became a collection of sites, and then it officially became IGN. So I had a real great personal um, appreciation and affiliation. You know, and to work at IGN for me was a huge goal. And so when it finally happened, uh, it remains you know a major accomplishment for me. So what's what do you think the, your perspective is now, having left IGN? You, can, do you feel like you can talk more freely, like more openly about this? Like, since you're not employed by us anymore. <laughs> Who true. didn't you like at the yeah, office? <laughs> I think the, one of the biggest things that I realize is how IGN, for better or for worse, uh, takes over your entire life. When you work there? Yes. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Greg and I eat, breathe, sleep, and live IGN. And it's one of those things that's always so hard to talk to about when I go home. Like when I when I go back to Chicago, right, and I meet my friends who are doctors or whatever they're doing, whatever their day job you have is. Doctor friends? Yeah, I know. Really weird, right? Me. And the funny thing is, this doctor I'm thinking of, right, he used to backyard wrestle. We almost paralyzed him with a coffee can once. But a story for another time. <laughs> uh, anyways, you go and talk to them, and you know they talk about their friends and what they do after work and yada yada. And it doesn't involve their coworkers. Whereas, like, literally, Damon and I work next to each other all day long and go on these trips and room together, and then on the weekends we hang out together. You know what I mean? Like, we're together all That's, the time, and it's hard yeah. for people to understand that we work in at a site that we believe so much in, in that 
I mean, everyone there is your best friend. They are your family that you get so caught up in it that there's no, that's why it's so weird when like somebody wants to leave or somebody feels like it's their time or there's layoffs or something like that. Then it's really weird because then there's that gut check moment of, oh, right, this is our job still. This isn't strictly family. And I feel like, uh, you know, it is, it is like a company of over 200 people, right? So from the outside looking in, it is like a huge corporation. And when people hear those stats, it's easier for them to look at it. But editorial is like a group of like 15 people that hang out. So like when I think yeah. about IGN, right, I don't feel like I'm loyal to Fox, who owns us. Like, that's not where my loyalties lie. My no, loyalties lies. I wouldn't even say my, well, my loyalties lie with IGN as a company of 200 people. Like, my loyalties personally lie with, like, the team of 15 people, like, I work and hang out with. Like, that's what I think of when I think of IGN. Like, I don't think about all, I mean, I know the tech side and all that's important, but to me, it's like IGN is, like, the core group of us that all hang out. We all work together. We all, like, look out for each other. Yeah. Like, you know, like, when one of our editors got Rob, two years ago, Greg started a, a thing, and we ended up buying him a new iPad and giving him like seven hundred dollars. And yeah, that was Nick Cullen, right? He got mugged. It's like yeah. second week here. This poor like right after he moved, scrawny Australian dude got Australia. stuck up with all the money he had in his pockets. Dumb Australians. But I think the thing when I said <laughs> that it kind of takes care of your life, I think there's the the social aspect of it, sure, but oh, yeah. because I was never in the office, I always worked from home. Either when I lived in Los Angeles or now I'm in Portland. Um, I would find it was just something that was constantly on my mind. Um, it would be, you know, right before going to sleep, you know, you would think about, okay. This, checking email. Yeah, yeah. I, I check email. I kind of need to get this done tomorrow. Let's see if I can't uh, finish, uh, let's see, two or three stories and things like totally. that. Totally. And it's the same way even when you don't. And it, it really took about two months, I think, to decompress. Really? Not just to emotionally disconnect from my gym. But then to get out of that of that rhythm, I mean, because you know, I I have you know daily activities now, but it's not like a you know IGN's a daily living, breathing thing that you have to act, you have to feed the beast, and so it's it's very different when you work in a more traditional, um, even though it's still video games, but a more traditional job. Yeah, you can you can leave it at the door. There's not like like I mean, you know, like me and Colin get home, we live together now, and the first thing we do is open our laptops and usually put something on the page that was late or check Twitter. You know, if, if news breaks, you're on it. Like, you know, I was going to go out with Scott Lowe once and we were going to go to karaoke, but then the PSN network came back. So me and Colin drove to the office and did a podcast. You know what I mean? Like you can't, that is always there. Like, and that's the worst too. I hate it because I, I love the internet, Damon. I don't know if you know this. I, I use it internet. quite often. And I, like when you check Twitter right before bed and somebody posts something that's yeah. interesting, you're like, motherfucker. All right, back on, boot up the computer. What's happening? But at the same time, that's why, uh, you know, like that's what I'm saying, right? That's why IGN continues to exactly. be successful is because it has people that are willing to do that. Whether it burns them out over time or not, well, that, yeah. that can happen. That's another panel. Uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, I mean, that's what I learned coming, right? But that's like, a great, that's on the outside in, like when I was at 1UP, we would have been like 9 o'clock, fuck off. You know what I mean? Like that would just would have been like a totally different hmm. mindset about it back then. And, and, I, and I think that, that level of dedication is why we find it so baffling, some of the hate for us. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you, and you have a few examples of those, right? I have, I have many examples of the hate for us. This let's, is, this is, the, uh, let's go this to is exhibit the PowerPoint. A. All right, so we'll go through some of my favorite here, and I'll give you some examples. Uh, this, is, of course, is from my Lair review. If everybody remembers, Lair was the first game. I Can you guys a, read a that? 4.9. 4. I, I still have an inbox in my uh, I'm sorry, is that that kid's email address? Yeah, sure. Okay. This, <laughs> everyone, this is Asian Gamer. Be cool. Email address cool. is B-E-L-M-O-N-G-2-4 at neighbor.com. Body is, so your lair review is, such, is just trash. Just a trash. Do you think everyone is blind and deaf? Your fear of you is trash too. Why doesn't IGN fire this liar? 
And this, if you note the date, August 30th, I'd been working at IGN just a few months. It's like the biggest review I'd ever done. That's what you It was get. just the trash. Great. So this is the kind of stuff we get, like, you know, you're killing yourself, doing a review, you think, and I, not to mention, it's my opinion. You know what I mean? The best part of right now, as far as being a video game fan, hundreds of sites out there, hundreds of opinions. So if you don't like my opinion, or if you don't agree with me on games, you know full and well you can go check somewhere else, Destructoid, Giant Bomb, all these sites, and find a writer that, you know, you agree with. You shouldn't do that. Go to IGN every day. But, you know, you could do that. <laughs> This is another interesting one uh, we'll preface here. This is, uh, so I put out the feelers. Hey, if you have anybody, if you see IGN hate, make sure you tell us I'm doing this panel, yada, yada, yada. This one got sent to me. This is Steven Totillo from Kotaku. This is like a one on the 10 scale. Steven Totillo, to my knowledge, doesn't tweet against IGN a lot. Lots of people do. However, Steven tweets, congratulations to IGN for locking up the nine-hour exclusive on Toy Story's Cold War review. I don't even know what that what what he's mad about is that, he's saying, is that we why would we even care enough yeah. to do that like it seems I don't know idiotic. that we did care a lot we just we just asked probably exactly yeah. like, can I we mean, put like, the review up now dude or? I'll take a thirty minute exclusive I, I mean, want uh, the, the, I want everyone in this room and everyone who reads IGN to know that they can go to the site and know that we're busting our ass trying to get you the news and reviews and whatever as fast as we can the thing is on the internet being being first can make all the difference. Well, yeah, and plus, exclusives are the currency that media companies deal in. So I don't yeah. know why anyone would ever criticize a media company for going after an exclusive. Yeah. And well, you see, and this is the weird thing about our industry in general right now. I mean, granted, video game journalism is incredibly young. There's no rules or style or anything. And I, I mean, coming from somebody who is classically trained to be a journalist, mm -hmm. <laughs> like... It horrifies me the conversations that are posted. Like you put up, we got this Gunstringer uh, exclusive trailer, right? Like the first time anybody's seen it, this yeah. is from the guys who did the mall, and we posted it, and we're like, oh, and we'll do this new this new details page format we're doing, which is basically like, you know, a bold question and then an answer, like an, a fact. And all we did was base it off the trailer because that's all we knew. We put that up, and another journalist at another site lost his shit and was like, I can't believe they'd give, it to, give IGN this exclusive preview, and the fact sheet is all they'd post. Dude, we didn't see the game. You're talking out your ass. You have no idea what you're saying. And, but like, it, he, he gets on there and just puts everybody on blast. It's like you make not only yourself look foolish, you're making the whole industry look foolish. Yeah, we like, have to get above sitting there and throwing stuff. I never see Stone Phillips tossing rocks at other journalists on Twitter. <laughs> Stone Phillips, by the way, paramount journalist. You're not going to get any higher than Stone Phillips. All right, up next. What's oh, this is a, another out-of-context thing. Anthony previewed Starhawk. Anthony says in the opening that, you know, uh, Lightbox is going in a different direction here. They're doing something that I like and I want to see more of, and it's a black main character, that there's not enough black protagonists in the games. There are. I mean, there are uh, characters that you play as that are black, but there are not many black, like, heroes. Often, if you play a black character, they're, like, stereotyped to even be, like, All aboard the coal train! Exactly, or they're coal train or something, right? And this guy's, like, a black person, but he's not, like, being portrayed as any particular, like, he's not, like, culturally limited or anything like that you know he's, he's he's like a nuanced interesting character with yeah. a really and, and they don't make a big deal out of it but i just think that that's cool right because i would and that's all he said that's all he said in the preview and people lost their shit in the comments and then somebody another site game zenith went and posted this and i mean this is just you know off a of general google anthony guy who is starhawk i might have put a sucks in there and this is what came <laughs> up uh I have a listener mail that uh, pertains to this topic. Oh, actually. please. Hit it. Remember, if you have listener mail, send it to gamescoop at IGN.com. Good plug. This is David Dunn. He says, 99% of the time, which is all of the time, there is a white face on the hero, the star, or the main character on video games. I'm tired of it. To look at TV, movies, games, and rarely see myself or anyone that looks like me is hurtful at times. When are you guys on this podcast going to talk about it? Done. <laughs> Put a pin in it, buddy. It's over. He says, the only black faces I see are Kratos. 
And the guy on Warhawk. Kratos is black. Kratos is Greek. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, he's ethnic. He's he's of. Yeah. Let's just go with this. At least he's not uh, a thirty-something white male with a shaved head. All right. <laughs> We've gotten that far away from it. Well, Greg, do we agree that this will all change when Tyler Perry starts making video games? Oh my God, we need some Tyler Perry games up. He makes good movies, Damon. Stop when Medea goes to jail, you've got to break Medea out of jail. Like here's here's another it. example, Damon. This is pertaining to you. Uh, you got a lot of flack for your Castlevania review. You oh, Castlevania, yeah, this you this give us 7.5. Uh, internet said, freaks out. Hey, this game is good. And the internet flipped out. And, and on top of that, uh, David Cox, one of the makers of the game, tweeted about it a couple times. Mm-hmm. How did that make you feel? Well, I didn't. That doesn't... It's not about how I feel. I just think it's pretty unprofessional for uh, uh, developers to be publicly complaining about reviews of their games. Here's my thing about it, is that I, and it's an interesting thing, right? I think we get the chance to sit there and review a game, and most of the time we try to be objective and understand that right. no matter how bad a game was, it took years to make. I, don't, I, say, don't, I was going to say, don't say obje- when you say the word objective. You know what I mean. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'll put it out there. All reviews are subjective. Like, my Naughty Bear review was awesome and totally was in the moment of how much I hated that game. But I said some things in there about, like, I took, like, shots at the developers. Like, they shouldn't make games. And, like, that that was over the line. I shouldn't have done that. You know what I mean? Because, like, this is an example. I don't, I've never been on the other, we're sitting here complaining about how foolish and how much we hate, like, you know, these hateful comments we get. But, what, but what's, the developers, what's the developers out, out, you know, what's their output when they get a game that they get, their game gets shit on. They thought it was good. And I guess, again, 7.5, I'm not shitting on it. But uh, is there any answer? How, 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 can they, how can a developer have a conversation? How can they talk about, like, I didn't agree with the score? I mean, is it, can it just be more than, I mean, the, the yeah, tweet I mean, here, he if you're a, watching at home, sorry, or listening at home, is nice to see people seeing the IG, that IGN review for what it is, dot, dot, dot. And, I mean, he had, he had many other tweets that day yeah. about the review, too. Um, yeah, I, I just think there's you know, a way to go about doing that. Uh, you know, conversations don't necessarily have to happen in public forums like that. Okay. At, at the same time, having shit talked about you sometimes is like a good way to know that you've done something right. Like uh, when I reviewed Blur for IGN, and there was like the that day's Penny Arcade comic, like like directly was about my Blur review, mm-hmm. and 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 there and his like Tycho's write up was talking shit about my Blur review, and I was like yes. Like that's like a that's like a cyanide made. It's like being made fun of in South Park or something like that, right? Like, like you've actually pissed someone off who, in the scheme of the internet, matters. So it's kind of you know sometimes I, you have to have a thick skin about it. Of course. Although I will say sometimes they do get to me, right? Like when people were saying that I was like a racist for that Starhawk article, like you want to talk shit about me, but yeah, it bugs me. Like that, that's like challenging something that's like fundamental yeah. about my character. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, you, you know, have to deal with a lot of negativity because you. <laughs> This is this is getting into just the, uh, the random shit talking for no reason. This this was posted on my IGN wall. You're the worst editor on the site. Have you ever thought about quitting? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> yeah, uh, Anthony puts together a feature for us called Comment Comeback, yeah, where editors re- will respond to to comments. Right, and we t- on and we touch on things like you know like uh, for instance when we did the Brink review, right, and the editor that wrote it, uh, Peter Eichmanns, he was talking about how it's a really repetitive game, and. Uh, you know, and, and, and to some extent, you know, yes, every game is repetitive. You can always distill every game down to, like, yes, you run, shoot, you do this. The problem is that the games that make you aware of it are the problem. But because he dared to call a shooter repetitive, the comments just turned into, IGN gets paid to write nothing but good reviews about Call of Duty, and all they care about is Call of Duty because that game's a repetitive piece of shit, and on all we do is suck Activision's dick. <laughs> That's, like, what we have to hear, right? And it's so, it's so ridiculous, the thought that we get paid for reviews, because honestly, if we got paid for reviews, 
first off, I wouldn't bother doing a panel in front of you. I'd just be like, <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't care. I'd just be rich. I wouldn't give a fuck about anybody anymore. Or I would drive like a really awesome car. Or I wouldn't be wearing... You'd have a helicopter. Beat up ass shoes. Yeah, I would have a motorcycle. But we don't be like, no, none of that happens. Like, wh- what people don't often understand, you know, and they, they think because we're like this big faceless corporation, like we're working with our marketing company to make sure that we yeah. write a really good review for the site, for the game that has ads on our thing. But you can look at that. That isn't true because like when that Brink review went up or like uh, when Naughty Metal Bear. of Honor review went up, that was like not exactly positive. Like our site was all branded Metal of Honor. Like we have no clue. I have no clue day to day what's going to be skinned up on our site. And that's yeah. intentional. You know, they don't want it to influence our editorial. Exactly. Uh, Levi, the, the situation in the wireless gaming world is a little bit different in terms of pay for, pay for reviews. Yes. Right? <laughs> I mean, there are, so there are mobile gaming sites that all they do is review iPhone games. Now, this phenomenon has actually disappeared, but in, really? the, in the beginning, well, maybe, I mean, at least I, I don't deal with, with any site that's like that. Um, but in the beginning when iPhone got first really popular and there were, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of apps, there were smaller sites that would, um, for the, uh, for $50, we will expedite your review. Exactly. We will make sure that your review, your, your app or game is reviewed sooner. And that was always really shady. And that was something we never did, uh, at iGen, though it was offered quite often. So yeah. if I send you a promo code and two hundred dollars, can my review go up this week? <laughs> yeah, we actually have really stringent. Now codes. your review's never going up. <laughs> we actually have really stringent codes at IGN about gifts too. Like anything that's like straight up money. Like people have sent. Like I forgot what dumb game it was that was like it's a. It check. was Dante's Inferno. Dante's Inferno. Dante's Inferno because it was like it was like greed. You know, it was like oh it's the the sin of greed, so we send you money or some bullshit like that. And we're like no, we can't yeah. take this. You know, and we can't take gifts that are like over the value of a game. So that comes up all the time. Like people get shit, and we're like, oh, that's when we end up giving it away on Twitter and stuff like that, because we it, not compromising their values is very important to the editors. I mean, like, you know, that's again, people just think that all these IGN guys are just like, fuck it, all we care about is your clicks and your money, fuck off. But that's totally not true at all. No, I mean, you look at me with Infamous and Colin now with Resistance, right? Like, these are games that we were arguably are the most knowledgeable about me with Infamous, Colin with Resistance. And so now those reviews come around, and we both go, no, not going to review it because we don't want the people who are haters or you, the real fan, to read the review and be like, well, I can't trust this. Greg's in the tank for Infamous all the time, and I am. Uh, so, how do you, so how do you deal with you, Like, most of us don't get offended by comments. I've been letting a few scroll by here about how uh, IGN has no opinion, their shit, blah, blah, blah. How, do you just disregard them? What do you, what, what do, you do, Damon? Yeah, I mean, you, you, like we were saying earlier, you, you, I think you learn pretty quickly when you work in this industry, not just at IGN, probably, just, probably any internet site that has a comment system. You have to learn pretty quickly to develop a thick skin. And it's also, you have to keep perspective in mind. The people commenting on articles are a very uh, vocal minority. It's probably less than 5% of the people that yeah. actually read the yeah, site. Yeah, you figure our, th- our you know, the biggest story of the day, I'll get a, you know, 100,000 unique visitors or whatever, and maybe there's 100 comments on it, you know, yeah. I mean, like something like that. Yeah. So it's like exactly. less than 1% of people, you know, and it's just like people think NeoGAF is like something that is like this like end-all, be-all way you know the opinion of the internet, but that's not true either. Yeah. I mean, NeoGAF is a very small community as well. Very vocal, not, not important, but you know, it's just not You can't gauge how, I mean, IGN would be the worst site on the world. We would have no visitors if you based it off NeoGAF opinions. Exactly. Just trouble. But now Twitter's being interesting. Uh, Twitter is giving us a lot of comments right away. This one, uh, this one I pull up because I, everybody, what? I've posted this thing. It says, also, Why? game over Greggy can go deep throat a car exhaust. Can't Don't stand say that cunt. Complete He's British. No, but I'm making Levi a point. Levi is delicate. I did, not, I did not review a game this day. I did not do anything. I, I did not have a video. Like, this was just at 10.57, 4 in the morning. This is what was on my Twitter. And, like, 
that boggles my mind that somebody who hasn't met me can hate me that much. And so I, I, I went to this kid. What is he? Oh, he's a gamer and an aspiring journalist. Yeah. Like, good really? Good, good At job. what point do you think this is acceptable behavior for someone who wants to call themselves a journalist or anybody? You know what I mean? And so I responded back to him. I said, you know, thanks for listening and reading. And his response was, I do neither. Well, how, do, how the hell do you know you don't like me? <laughs> I think the unfortunate thing about this, you see the, the tweets or the Facebook comments or the comments on the story, is that just the unbridled hate just drowns out a legitimate conversation. I, would, sure. I was thrilled when I would get a, a comment, even if it was negative, if it had substance in totally. it. Totally. If it started a conversation or, also very importantly, dinged me on something I legitimately did wrong. Yeah. Not just a typo or getting, a, or getting something wrong. Or not just taking personal attacks, right? Yeah. Uh, here's another one. I'll go quickly. This is one I saved, though, Damon. I didn't tell. I showed Anthony and Damon. Oh this, yeah, but you're I gonna save it. this one first. This is from uh, me and Rich George uh, hosted the top 100 comic book uh, characters, right? Whatever it was. Uh, maybe heroes. It was heroes. Sorry. And uh, me, this was pulled together by the entertainment team and the comics team down in LA. Rich and I had no opinion on this. We were just the biggest comic fans in SF, and they needed a video, so we did it. So we did it. And this kid tweeted over about me this weekend or that weekend. Thanks, IGN, for having that dreadful game over Greggy drive its top 100 comic book heroes list into the salted earth. Know your comics, you hack. Oh, I have a content meeting, too. I'm going to dismiss that. I respond, anytime you send something to me, I respond and go, oh, you know, thanks for listening, thanks for reading, because I don't care. I'm not, I'm not going to engage hate, because I have all of you in this room and all the people who listen to the podcast who want to have real conversations with me. So I responded back, and, and usually that shuts them up. He responds, you're aware I'm calling you a dipshit, right? And, like, and then he continues to flame me on his thing. And I, this is one of the few occasions where I'm like, fuck it. I'm going after this kid, Guns and Blazing. <laughs> I Facebook him. I find where he works. Where he, what, I find out he's in school. I go to his school page, find out their code of conduct, get down the location and contact hours. I am like fuming at my iPad, and I have all this information. And I'm telling Steimer, I'm like, I'm going to call his boss tomorrow. And I'm going to call his principal, or not his principal, but his like, university president, and tell them that there are ramifications when things happen on the internet. And you shouldn't be just out there on a public forum calling people names. And then you took a breath. Luckily, I calmed down. Yeah, I slept on it because I knew I was being crazy, and I, I did not do it. Yeah. But that, this is another fun one. Me and Tina did a journey uh, video. This kid posted on the, on the comments there that, uh, so the review, this is the preview of the journey beta. So to review this artistic and mellow freeform gaming experience, you picked a hyperactive, hyperactive, annoying moron and a hippie. You sure are funny. He goes to be on, fair. To, t Tina is a hippie. Yeah. We can. He continues on railing, and then my response was, "Thanks for pointing out that this was a review. I give the beta coconuts out of TVs and their knapsack." <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. That was probably my best thing I've ever written for Edge. I'm always baffled by how many people find it difficult to uh, distinguish between a preview and a review. Yeah. Uh, real quick, too, uh, here's the Reddit thread. Remember, I reviewed Dead Space 2. Uh, this is when IGN was trying to branch out and put, you know, trying to toy with our reviews. Let's do really personality-driven pieces. I wrote this very personal Dead Space 2 review. Hillary read it and was like, this is awesome. This is exactly where Perry is wanting our reviews to do. Great job. We post it. A few days go by. Bromley's like, you're blowing up on Reddit. And I go, what the fuck is Reddit? <laughs> and I, I go to Reddit, and it's this message board filled with people hating me. It, it, does anyone else think a middle school kid wrote the Dead Space 2 review for IGN? And just like Levi, I'm totally down with criticism. I am far from perfect. I'm probably, like, you know, I'm rusty as hell on all my everything. Everybody on the site knows that sometimes we put up stuff that we wish we could have made a little bit better. You know, like, it, it just happens. Like, it's just the reality of working in an online business. You know, it, it, it's one thing when you have time for 
it to go through seven editors and all that because it's a month out. But oftentimes that's just not the way the internet yeah. works. That's My problem right. was though that there was no comments. It was you're a middle schooler. You're right. He sucks. Fuck him. He's fat too. I heard. Blah. It's like wait, no. What's wrong with the review? So then I blogged about it. I said, what is wrong with the review? My email address is this. Please send me the email. He made a horrible mistake. No, it's not because <laughs> I'm never gonna run. I'm never gonna be afraid to talk to somebody about something I did. I put it up. It's got my name on it. Let's go. And in, in that, in a defensive way, in a way, really, what's wrong? So I put it up, and of course, then there was another Reddit said that said, "Oh, somebody hurt the journalist's feelings," and I'm like, "What? What did you want? You told me this sucked. Now tell me why. I'm not, I'm not hurt. I want to know." And I got, you know, probably a good 25 responses in saying, "This is what's wrong. This is why it is." Blah blah. And then I got a hundred that were, "Fuck you, faggot." I'm like, damn it! Come on, internet, do it. And then, of course, other sites picked it up. This is another game journalist. I'm not familiar with them. Basically, this is a Greg Miller. Dead Space Two sucks. And then, yeah, this is some of it comes up. Wow. Uh, the kids on Reddit went through and made a highlighted version of what was wrong and did it. My problem with their, their amended red pen version of it is that some of it's totally just a style choice. They're like, oh, I don't know, why are you yeah. doing this? Blah, blah. And then I loved it when my defenders went in there and corrected the red pen corrections. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, we all want information. <laughs> I put up a video, a little cat meme. We all want information. We want to know how to make ourselves better, but we want it in a legitimate, constructive way. I think to touch on something, though, that Damon said is that sometimes people don't know the difference between a preview and a review. I think that's, though, partially because uh, IGN and, and a lot of sites, previews used to be very flat. And yes. they used to be objective. You know, you're talking about the game, but we'll see how it is in two yeah. months. And not only that, but you could, you, it could have been a, 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 any number of editors doing it. You could never tell, like, oh, exactly. this was Greg, because and I know Greg likes Dead Space a lot, so I should think about the way Greg views Dead Space. No one had any clue about that, and now that's just not the case. I mean, people know us through podcasts, and I think that you know they can immediately go to our MyGN blogs, and yeah. not only that, but they just know us all better. IGN's audience has grown exponentially over the past few years, really since we've been hired. Yeah, totally, it's so. us. And that's, it's during that time that we've changed our voice a lot, changed our approach to reviews and previews. Our reviews are a lot shorter and more concise now. God, the Grand Theft Auto 4 review is like seven it, it was, pages no, long. No, it was eight pages. We would never write an eight-page review for anything anymore because we realized that people just, they're not going to read that. There's a very, very small, hardcore group of people that will read an eight-page review. Even when we write two-page reviews, you can look. The yeah. drop-off is pretty significant. Most people are yeah. just like, skip to the second page, give me the fucking What's score. What's the score? Exactly. Yeah. What's the graphics breakdown? <laughs> Greg, what, what's, what's, just, what's the only thing I want to know from a game review? You want to know if it's fun. It's true. Their games are supposed to be fun. Just tell me if it's fun and why or why not. So, you know, we changed our approach to reviews that way, and with previews, we start to uh, inject more personality and honesty into them. Uh, because we feel like that's, it's not doing anybody a, a service if we're not being honest about, you know, what, what shape the game is, see, what the game looks like. And I feel like back in the day, like a lot of the ways it went from the outset that I used to look at IGN and think, wow, they kind of are like this, like, faceless thing, I don't understand why they succeed and stuff, and I don't even think that was your fault. Like, it wasn't that the editors didn't have amazing personalities, they did on podcasts. It was just that the mandate was a little bit different from the people that were kind of in charge of the editorial vision yeah. and stuff. We were still very it. much in the magazine style, you know what I mean? That's one of the big things. When Hillary took over uh, EIC, he's gone now, obviously, but when he took over, it was that he wanted to bring that out, and we needed to change the site, and we couldn't sit there and be static. We couldn't sit there and be Okay, there are 14 maps. There's this difficulty in that. It looks like shit, but I won't tell you that. I will say it might shape up. You did that recently with your Call of Juarez preview. Yeah, and a, and, a, and a Connect preview for uh, oh, yeah. for this game called Wipeout 2. Oh, yeah, that's Which just is not Wipeout the racing game. It's Wipeout 2 based on the ABC show, right? That game comes out in like, in like Call of Juarez, for instance. You just reviewed Wipeout. I know. I know. Call of Juarez, <laughs> I, I just saw reviewed like, Wipeout 1. The latest Call of Juarez, I saw, I saw it a question. month out. 
And a month out, you know that game's already been shipped to go to like, you know, to make discs and all that. So when I play it for preview, like I'm not going to give it a score. I said that really weird, but when I say it for preview, um, I'm not going to give it a score because I haven't played the whole thing. But you can tell, like, any of you guys can spend 30 minutes or play a demo and you make a judgment, like, man, this fucking sucks. I don't want to play more. I played it. I didn't want to play more. You know, like that was something we we wouldn't have done a few years ago. We would have been like, it it might still come around. I was like, no, it has 30 days. It's not going to come around. It's gonna be shit, and it was and it shit. Didn't. So, so we, uh, I mean, we have what, fifteen, twenty minutes? Should we take yeah. a couple questions? Yeah, we, let's. let's we, I've got some other things planned on here, but I think the takeaway is that haters gonna hate. Haters gonna hate. Uh, I have a, a listener mail here. I want one of you uh, to weigh in on, and Walter Lopez will help uh, pick uh, uh, an Snack audience pack, everybody. participant. This is an email from Ross Mitchell. Uh, he wants to know if he's a wuss at video games. He says, I recently came to the realization that whenever I play a single-player campaign mode, I choose easy or casual as a difficulty. Now, I'm not a novice to video games, as I've been playing since the Atari 2600. I do this primarily as a way just to enjoy the game, finish it to completion in as little time as possible, since, you know, too many games, too, too little time. The question is, am I wussing out by doing this? What is your preference? Damon. Yes, Damon. Greg. Damon. Ross has double-dipped. What? This was sent to Podcast Beyond. It was on the question to for yesterday. That's a, there's nice a, there's, job, There's a golden rule that if you double dip, we, we don't like it. We don't do it. You, right. just, well, blew, but now, you just ruined the panel. But yeah, but now we've, we've promised a, an audience participant to right, weigh fine. in on this. Somebody so. answer. I guess they, yeah. Jim, did that get read yesterday? Did that get read on Beyond yesterday? You were on Podcast Beyond. Mm-hmm. You don't know? You blacked it out already? Thank you it very did? much. It did? Yeah. Man, you've ruined packs. For we have everyone. more questions. Uh, we have more questions that people can weigh in on. Them. As a matter of fact, Girl, oh, Damon's going go to the iPad, real. and some music's playing. Let's knock some boots. <laughs> I wanted that to be a lot louder and, and exciting. Uh, who is this from? This is Hip Hop Anonymous. This is good. This is from Jason. Uh, hey guys, and hopefully girls. I just started nope. listening. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Walter, find a girl to yeah, answer the question. Yeah, there's some girls in here. There's, uh, I just started listening to the Knock and Boot show. Didn't stop laughing until it was over. In one of the shows, you mentioned an erotic photo hunt game that can be played at bars. Yeah. I've never heard of this game, but I have a feeling it would be something worth playing. How do you play the erotic photo hunt game? It's like a match two game, isn't it? Like you flip yeah, one so card and then you look for the same boobies in another no. picture. No, it's not that. So these are like uh, those little machines that sit on, on the ends of, ends of bars, and uh, they have like really easy casino-type games, and usually there's an adult section or an erotic section. And so erotic photo hunt is just the spot the difference game with, po- with sexy photos of girls. So, Round of oh. applause if you've, seen, if you've seen this. Yeah, and play this. Okay. I, is it, I didn't know if it was just a Midwest thing, because I know it's big in Missouri bars. So uh, what I was saying is that this is a great first date icebreaker if you're out. Uh, no. Uh, yes, it is. You're crazy. Oh, uh, this one's asshole is bigger than this one's asshole. <laughs> no, you're at a bar, you're having a drink, you're like, hey, let's Sorry, play. Levi. <laughs> okay, okay. So I don't Back to this man's... Levi is no longer an IG employee. I'm trying to explain why this is a good first date thing. Okay. It's a good way to tell if she's cool or not. Like, you know, if she, or if she's uptight. Or if she's uptight, you know. If she'd be like, oh, no, that's gross. Then, you know, what are you talking about? It's just like a fun, like, flirty, sort of, like, sexy way. You're looking at sexy photos together. Trust me, it's good. All right. It's good. Uh, so anyway, that's what that one, that's what that is. This is Steve. Hi, Steve. I'm sick of people writing in with problems like, my girlfriend wants a threesome, what do I do? (laughs) 
Meanwhile, I'm a 21-year-old nerd who hasn't had a girlfriend in two and a half years. My girlfriend of four years left me for some indie pretty boy wannabe. An indie pretty boy wannabe. Oh, I thought you said Indian pretty boy wannabe. <laughs> in borderline races here, Steve. <laughs> Ever since then, I've lost a lot of my confidence. I've gained weight, stopped hanging out with my former friends, even tried the online dating scene. I've even tried the random sex, but after three tries... Don't do, don't do, don't do that. Don't do that. I like the random sex, please. I realize it just left me feeling empty and even more alone. My question is, how can someone bounce back from this situation? I know you say, just get out there and meet women, but some of your listeners will agree. It's not always that easy. Where do I meet girls? How do I talk to them? What the hell do I do after that? We will answer first, and then I want a, a, a female audience member to uh, weigh in on this. Walter, please find somebody while we discuss. Raise your hand if you're a female and want to answer the question. That'll make it easier for Walter to find. She didn't put up her hand. You can't put up your hand and point at her. That's not how it works. Anyways, go to, go, you know, do, what, are, what are your interests? If I, was, if I was on the market, well, I, I am on the market. If I was actively looking for a girlfriend <laughs> and not the random sex as I am, I... <laughs> I would go to PAX and I would talk to girls there, or I would go to a comic book shop and hang. You know what I mean? Like, it could be it could be a, a cocktail waitress at a hotel in Cologne, Germany. Yeah, it, it helps. Uh, it helps build up your courage, though, when you never when you know you'll never see them again. For sure. I, I so PAX that, is that the perfect place. Well, no, because at PAX you can meet someone and then fall in love and then. You know, oh. spend thousands of dollars traveling oh across the country. <laughs> Anthony, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Anthony. We love you. Um, I mean, I don't would, know how you meet. Would people everybody either. say? Would everybody say we love you, Anthony? On three. One, two, three. We love, love you, Anthony. Anthony. That's true. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, young lady, what is your name? My name's Kara. Okay, Tara. Kara. 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 Okay. Ooh, Kara. Super girl. Right. How are you? Fantastic. How are you, Greg Miller? <laughs> All right, question number one, where, where does Steve meet girls? Pretty much anywhere. We're kind of, you know, the same Around. place as you are. <laughs> like 51%. We're people percent. too. Yeah. How does Steve talk to them? Just be yourself. Hey, how you doing? Oh, that's a great bracelet or something. Ooh. Just So talk. compliment them. Compliment them. Exactly. Okay. Compliment us. We're way more likely to talk to you. So if he has engaged a girl and she is talking to him, what, do, what does he do next? I would try to make a move because the first, date, the first time you're talking, you have to know if they're interested in, in you. Otherwise, I just drop them. If you're talking to me and you don't make a move, I'm like, okay, bye. I don't need to talk to you anymore. That's good if advice. you make a move, Car, you, date. Are you currently in a relationship? I am not. You're not. Hey, single. Uh, yeah, I'm making my move. Come on, guys. I have a VIP bracelet to the party. Why don't you come up and we can talk more there over some chicken wings and beers. That sounds great. Uh, we, we've got... <laughs> come and get it! <laughs> we've got... Um... <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we have about 10 minutes for questions and then we have something very special we want to end on so uh, maybe if you could maybe line form a line at the, the, uh, at the microphone right talk here to next to the Walter jeez there's a lot of people remember of course we'll be there tonight at the meet and greet you're welcome to talk to us there. yeah if we don't have time to unless answer. I'm talking to Cara then fuck off <laughs>
We don't have time to answer all of your questions tonight. Remember, we have more chances to hang out this weekend. Meet and greet tonight, 6 p.m. at GameWorks, right across the street. Till 10 o'clock. Till 10 o'clock. Party. And then tomorrow night, I'm DJing the official after, uh, the PAX after party. It's at Temple Billiards. It starts at 10 p.m. We'll all be there. I'm playing an all-dubstep set. Anthony Wait. Gallegos is going to be dancing. And it's your, well, this is the bigger news. They're filming your first music video. Yeah, we're filming our first music video. Is Jason here today? There oh, he is. is. Yes. That guy right there. Stand up, stand up, Jason. I mean, look at him. He looks yeah, half retarded, but that is going to make a great music <laughs> video, I tell you. Jason is going to be filming a music video, so if you guys go, you'll all be in the music video. It's going to be good. Uh, Kick it. First question. You guys have spent a lot of time talking about how reviews have changed over time on your website. Uh, at this point, a lot of us are expecting free-to-play to really take off and possibly penetrate the console market, if not this generation, then next. It How will. do you think reviews will change at the point in time when free-to-play is way more common? Uh, yeah, this is weighing heavily on our minds. We're thinking about it. You're lot, absolutely right. right. Everything is going free-to-play. Because and it's, it's changed not only because of free-to-play games, but it's also changed because of iPhone games, right? Because it's like, how do you review an iPhone game and give it a score when it's a dollar, which might as well almost be free? Like, it's like, it's like yeah. throwaway at that point, right? And I think that a lot of times you used to read a lot of IGN reviews, and, and price would definitely come into it. Like, if you had some badass game, and you're like, and it's only $5, how cool. I think now we don't weigh it quite the same. Like, it's worth mentioning, and it is like a, an interesting thing if it has a low price point, but otherwise, every free-to-play game should be a 10. It should be like, you should fucking try it. But that's why our reviews always focus first on what is it fun or not? It doesn't matter if it's free yeah. or you're paying for it. It comes down to is it fun? Yeah, I think people will still need help finding what's good to or play what's out worth there. Paying for. I'm sorry. Or what's worth paying for? In yeah, the or exactly. maybe a free-to-play exactly. game that's actually worth putting money into. Not just money, but your time. I mean, exactly. time spent playing one thing is not spent playing another. So I think that's that's incredibly valuable is knowing if it's if it's actually worth you know whether it's those ten minutes or or, or two hours. Shut up next door. <laughs> Thanks. No problem. Thank you. Please state your name before your question. We want to know who you are. Hi. My name is John Jamrock. Um, I'm a really big fan of you guys. I'm from actually here in Seattle, so Woo! had to travel really far. But, uh, <laughs> Thank you for coming all this way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just had a question. Like, I mean, Greg talked about it a little bit today, but it was just sort of about you know, interacting with readers like, through the comment system on the site. Is there like an official like IGN standard for you know interaction with readers through the comments? Like, is it just like left to your guys' discretion? Like, yeah, it, keep it classy or like I mean, do you just? It, it's not a standard, but it is highly encouraged. Uh, yeah, they want. But I mean, if it's a negative comment, like it's like I mean, Greg's review is like, oh, this guy fucking sucks. Like, oh yeah, I mean, we, well yeah, we wouldn't. Uh, we are generally encouraged not to engage if it's like something that could potentially. I mean, if they're just trolling anyway. Yeah. Right. You know. There, yeah, there's so many, I mean, worthwhile comments on a review of, well, how many modes does this do, or how does that work, or how did you play this? You want to answer the real question. The ones that are just calling you fat and jerky, yeah. you don't worry about it. Totally. I mean, I it's discretionary, right? You don't want to go on a Twitter tirade where you're like, well, you know what, you're just a big old fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, we are, we are representing our site when we're doing stuff like that, so we, we do have to keep it in mind that, you know, we don't want some sort of repercussion to come back. And look negatively, like, I do something that's going to look negatively on Greg and Damon, and everyone's going to think, man, those IGN guys really are assholes, you know, so. We do really enjoy interacting with the real fans as much as we can, so in the comments, on my IGN, on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, here at, 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 at PAX and Meet and Grease like this, so uh, if you haven't ever, like, hit us up anytime, don't ever hesitate to do that. We love, we love talking with you guys. And if, I, we, if we don't get back to you on the Twitter or in the email, sorry, yeah. you just got buried. It's not exactly. that I, I always feel bad when Nothing somebody's like, I asked you three times. Like, sorry, dude. A lot of people are asking me stuff. I'm trying. 
And uh, I just want to say I can't wait to get Panda with you guys tonight. Yeah. And I was hoping I could get one of those sexy wristbands that you're handing out there, Mr. No, Miller. you asked for it. You can't. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, oh. Sit down. <laughs> but thanks for coming. And night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We should figure out a, a way to oh, here we go, wristband. Well, well, Craig Miller. Oh my God. We meet again. Everybody remembers. Isn't the audience confused right now? You better be. If everybody okay. remembers last year uh, at PAX, we did, I, IGN did a meet and greet with the PlayStation blog, and I arm wrestled a man who was way buffer shirtless. than me, shirtless. Yeah, this guy's buffer This than is that man. He should be arm wrestling Tyroot. <laughs> you see, I was hoping Tyroot would be here today. He was supposed because to be Because my match with Greg Miller last year, I thought was too easy. So I came here to challenge you, Damon Hatfield. Uh, what? <laughs> to arm wrestle me. <laughs> you're going you're, you're to destroy me. I'm not going to be able to beat hey. you. What, you just go around picking on people smaller than you? You're we right. don't like you, troll! <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger was busy, okay? Okay. So, I had to come here. What? So, we need to, it needs to be like, uh, so if we arm wrestle, then we also need, like, need to play DJ Hero to balance it out. Yeah. It's on, then. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, we can set that up. All right, right Maybe on. tonight. It's on at the IGN meet and greet at GameWorks. Everyone okay. be there. I don't think we're going to have DJ Hero, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they have it in an arcade cabinet. All right. Alright, uh, I actually do have a serious question sure. though. Uh, I'm not actually here to spout hate at you guys. <laughs> um, uh, the Wii U was announced at E3, and uh, very like interest, interesting uh, device as it is. I uh, was wondering what you guys uh, are going to think of it as a hardcore gaming system, because Nintendo hasn't been notorious for coming out with a hardcore system, such as the Wii and mm -hmm. uh, the GameCube. And they're also talking about releasing new hardcore gamer titles. How do you think that's going to affect them coming in basically six years late to the game to Sony and Microsoft? So, too early to call officially. However, my instincts are that it's for babies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you very much. It's not, <laughs> I mean, it's, it, 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 the tech isn't going to be as, as, as powerful as uh, the next Xbox and the PS3. Plus, the, you know, the controller is so much different. You're going to have another situation where it's going to be hard to port games. You know, I think, I think Nintendo let everyone down with the Wii, and I think Nintendo letting people down with the 3DS so far. So it's definitely not a go wait in line for it sort of deal. I think Nintendo's very confused right now because they had such incredible success with the Wii. Uh, they were a little maybe. Mm, how do they how do they continue that success? Yeah, yeah what do they now do they're very that? confused. My mom's not going to buy a Wii U. My mom doesn't understand what a Wii U is. They so put out the 3DS, which made perfect sense on paper, and it's struggling. So I think they're they're really struggling to figure out what they're going to do next. And uh, the Wii U, they unveiled it, and everybody was like, "Huh? Just buy an iPad." Mm -hmm. so buy it's an one iPad of the, it, I mean, it's one of those things that reminds me a lot of the trophies versus achievement article. If you had a whole if you have a whole bunch of achievement points, you don't care about trophies. So if you already have systems that can play Batman Arkham City now instead of whatever, exactly. well, I mean, you're going to stick with that. But if you only have a Wii, this is your next step, maybe? I don't know. All right. Thank so you. We don't know yet. Uh, yeah, okay. Next year, maybe, we'll have an answer? Yeah, we'll talk about this again at the next, uh, next PAX. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank cool. you. Uh, we got five more minutes for questions. Hey, guys. I'm Jamie. Um, hey, buddy. Some of the uh, more mature games this generation that have had really good adult stories have been things like Heavy Rain and uh, Catherine, I would think. But the stories haven't been so much uh, displayed in the game. So, like, Catherine's a really good puzzle game, but its story is never a game. How do you think that we're going to actually be able to make games that can be for adults? How do we play games that are for adults? It's so loud next door. Yeah, no. What are they doing? Okay, I don't know. I don't know. Should we, like, try and see if we can beat them? Yeah. Sure. Oh, of course we can. How loud can we be? Yeah, exactly. Well, we should do it. It'll be like, one, two, three, and then... Scoo, scoo, scoo. We're gonna do it three times. It should yeah. be like in uh, every, who listens to Tech Nine? 
No? Everybody? It should be like, technicians. Right? Ow, ow. All right, Walter knows what that's so all be, about. You're going to lead this, Greg, because you're the loudest one. One, two, three. Scoop, scoop, scoop. I think we can do it. Uh, I was practicing there. Sorry. <laughs> practice. We'll do it. All right, so now, now we're all set. All right, so deep breaths. Open right, your lungs right. up. Use your uh, diaphragm. Shoot from the diaphragm. All right. One, two. Scoop, 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 scoop. I miscounted my scoops. Okay. That's good. <laughs> So your question, re please uh, rephrase your question a little bit more concisely. A little bit smaller. Uh, how do we make a game that is actually gamey but for adults? You don't think we have those already? or? Well, Heavy Rain wasn't so much. A lot of people don't think that the game part of Heavy Rain was a real game. So what about Uncharted? Uncharted's close. Mass Effect. Half-Life 2. But it yeah. feels like the game parts in those aren't the mature parts. It feels like the mature parts of the stories, when they really come by, it's in a cutscene. When we really like, you know, when you have the relationship, yeah. where it the relationship goes down and it's just a cutscene of it. Sure, I mean, I think there are ways to do it. It'd not make sex a quick time event or something yeah. like that, right? <laughs> like if you played like the first Darkness, it had like the most, uh, like the best example in my mind of video game romance, where you sit on the couch with your girlfriend. It gives you the option to get up, but if you just sit there long enough, you'll end up making out with her, and it never tells you like. Sit to make out with her. Or, like that. <laughs> or you don't get scored for it. It's just like it happens, and it's like a moment that builds a relationship with her. But they, they separate those, those like more mature moments, and they keep it interlaced with game. I don't know that people want something that's just like mature gameplay the whole time. Or maybe a very small subsect does, but not enough to afford making a game like The Darkness or even Heavy Rain, really. I think games become more mature all the time, but uh, you know, the game part of it is so important because that's what makes it interactive. You know, if, if you take that away, then it's just a, a movie or a story or something. So, but I do think you know, games are getting more and more mature every year. Yeah. Cool. Okay. How we doing? One more question. Oh, so, final oh. question. Don't worry, we're gonna be hanging out Don't all worry. night. Don't worry. Remember, you can night, always send your questions yeah. to GameScoop at IGN.com. That's GameScoop <laughs> at IGN.com. I'll tell you what. If you were in line and didn't get to ask a question, come up and see me, and I'll give you a free iPhone or iPad game. There you go. Everybody's handing out free iPhone games. Bye. What? Now or later. After after the panel. Okay. And also, if you if and you don't were, don't be a fucking liar and come up and say you're in that line. I'm 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 imprinting your images on my mind. Come up and see me, and I'll give you a wristband for the party tonight. Okay. All right. Last question. All right. Are we allowed to ask Mac and Boots questions? Yes. You are encouraged. Awesome. Um. So uh, I just want to thank you guys for the advice that you've given on the Game Scoop or on the Knock and Boots podcast because it's helped me. Yeah, buddy. Um, I just, about five months ago, got out of a relationship for, that was a five-year relationship, really long time. You know, I'm looking around trying to know what to do and, you know, burn bridges is what you guys always yes. say. And that's what I did and it's worked out for the best. I've got a really beautiful girl that, you know, we're going out and it's, it's great. It's been gone. So my question is for you, when you guys have those longer relationships, I don't know if you have or not, uh, what do you do to get over that kind of stuff? Cry a lot. <laughs> so the question is like after you break up from a long relationship. Yep. So, but are you? I thought you said you're in a new relationship now. I am. Okay. I, I was just curious what you guys did because I mean yeah, our personal experiences on what. Yeah. We did. Oh. Well, Greg. I don't know. How you know fucking sad are I mean, we about to get? I know, right? Get a lot of tattoos because it hurts. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like, just keep on living. Yeah, it's like it's I mean, it gets not like every a every day, right? Yeah, there's not a cure-all time. It takes time. Talk to your friends, hang out with them. Pet your wiener dog. <laughs>
Yeah, there, I'm afraid there's not like an easy answer to all that. Um, I don't know if you know Anthony came out of a long relationship recently and it bumped him out. I mean, I, yeah, there's not an answer to it. It's like, there is no it good sucks. answer. It always, I mean, always sucks. Yeah, but it's, you can focus on the positives, right? Like, I mean, two years from now, you you're going you to think now. about that girl and all of a sudden wake up and just be like, fuck, and then maybe you want to cry, but that's okay. It's, you're just human, whatever. Yeah. Keep living life as it is, right? But we're really happy for you that you've got the whole thing. Make out with your girlfriend. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Knock them boots. All right, all right, all right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, we've had a lot of fun today. But, uh, you know, we're, we're going to end on a, a good note here. If you're at home, Anthony Gallegos is taking out a guitar. He's going to sing the commenter song, subtitled, Thanks for the Clicks. <laughs> this, okay. is, uh, this is dedicated to all of our angry commenters out there. All I'm over the world. I'm really nervous. Here, let your mic. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I'm signing off. Scoop. I'm really... Uh, this is... Uh, we should say this is words by Greg Miller, music by Anthony. Yeah, well, yeah, and, uh, and, it, and it was very last minute the way this all came to Oh, actually, I need to see the lawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm good, I'm good. I'm good. Can you guys hear me, kid? Okay. We work all day. IGN, fit for the fight, we post reviews, and make cool vids, all to satisfy, millions of kids, and when we're done, we look back proud, 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 sorry, proud. are the comments we read out loud way to suck black ops cock you IGN assholes hope the check was big enough to justify selling your own Gotta understand If I got paid for reviews I'd have nice things I wouldn't ride the bus Or live on chicken wings I still would And when we're done We look Back proud But these are these are the comments, sorry, we read out loud. Dear IGN, fuck your mother's stupid face. Your sad statement on the human Oh, Internet, why don't you understand? Go elsewhere and be their fan. Don't sit here and troll my Twitter. I'm sorry my kills don't score. Made you bitter, but thanks for the clip.
Thank you all for coming. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Sit down for one second. Thank you very much, Anthony. That was awesome. Thank you all for coming out today. We love you all very much. Remember, you're going to hang out with us tonight. Uh, meet and greet at GameWorks, 6 p.m. Uh, DJ party tomorrow night, Temple Billiards at 10 p.m. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Levi. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you to all of you. I want to I impregnate all of you. My name is Damon. This is IGN GameScoop, and we're out. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.